This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Good evening. Good evening, family. Good evening to those who are watching online. It is a privilege and an honor for me to be standing here tonight. I want to say thank you to our pastoral staff, Pastor Noel Rose and Pastor Jennifer. But I would like to say thank you to my elders. They are they are extremely important here at Plantation. And I'm so honored to be a part of the team. There's not a time that I will call, whether it's for prayer, there's a crisis in the home, that I'm not able to connect with one of the elders here at Plantation, and I'm tru- truly thankful. You know, today's a special day for me. The reason is my youngest child, she's 37 today. 37. So, Melissa, I know you're watching. Happy birthday there in Tallahassee. Melissa will be mentioned as I continue tonight to share in preparation for tonight's presentation back to the altar, Jesus, the all-night prayer warrior. What I have discovered is that I have so much material. A book is eminent because it's time, because of time, I will extract the essence of back to the altar as it reflects in my personal year, my personal life. See, it was about 30 years or so ago When I moved from New York, I ended up here at Plantation before the church was even built. We used to worship over at the gym. Life was quite um, challenging, I should say. And so for some reason or another, I became a prodigal son, daughter, I ran as far away from God as I could because of pain, because of not fully understanding the calling on my life. I wondered. But God, he's always chasing after us. He's always chasing after us. So about 30 years or 32 years ago, Elder Lester Pratt, Sister Pearl, you'll remember, maybe Jack and Joanna there at home, was here. He gave an evangelistic um, series, and he made an altar call. Brothers and sisters, family, I ran to the altar. I was here in this church, and praise God, I haven't looked back since. We're talking about 30-something years. So the the altar itself is very, very special to me because this is where I reconnected with my God. 
This is where I found that no matter what's going on in the world, that God, God, God is able, God is able. It was my five-year-old daughter, Melissa, that inspired me. And I used to drop her here for Sabbath school. And I want to shout out to the teachers. We have amazing leaders here, especially in our children's department. I would drop her off and she says, Mommy, when are you going to come to church with me? Mommy, when? And so because of her encouragement, I started to come back. Then Lester Pratt came. He gave this uh, beautiful presentation. And here I am today to testify that God is able. Jesus is a loyal and faithful God. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He suffered, he bled, he died to pay the price for our sins. The ministry of Jesus include entire nights of prayer where he sought his father to be filled with wisdom and strength to fight the powers of darkness that surround him every moment. Usually, such nights took place before a decision or a crisis uh, in the Savior's life. Mark um, 1, 35, Nikki, and it reads, you can read along with me. It says, Jesus prays in a solitary place. Mark 1, 35, yes, so yeah, Jesus prays, I have a part of it here, in a solitary place. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place to pray. Jesus took upon himself human nature, and with the possibility of yielding to sin, he was allowed to face life's temptation like every human being, to fight the war like every child of God must fight. At the peril of failure and eternal debt, only thus could it be said that he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And uh, Hebrews 4, 15, for we do not, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus rose early in the morning. He would go into the wilderness. We can find in, in Matthew 4, 1. Matthew 4, 1. Okay. We have that, Nikki. So these occurrences took place as the need arose, but the gospel writer only mentioned some of them. Jesus' early ministry started when he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days to meditate, fast, and pray. And in Matthew 4, 1, we, and Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
let's look at what the altar, the significance of the altar as it spoke to my heart back then, 30, 32 years ago. What is the altar? It's a place of dedication to make a covenant with God, forsaking sin and accepting Jesus Christ. A place where God meet men and women every day, every heartbeat of their lives. And let's just look at uh, covenants as it re re relate to the altar. Let's look at um, Genesis. It's going to be Genesis 8, 20 through 22. God's covenant with Noah. And it reads, And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal, some of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. So God made a covenant promise at the altar that was erected by Noah. And as we know, Noah was the one that built the ark, that he will never again destroy the earth because of a, a flood. Also, let's look at, um, at, at Jacob's story. We know J Jacob became Israel. Jacob, uh, let's look at Genesis 35, one through four, and it reads, God said to Jacob, arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away your foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us rise and go up to Bethel so that I may make an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all their foreign gods that they had, and the rings that were in their ears, Jacob hid them under the terebeth tree, which is like an oak tree, that was near Shechem. So those are a few biblical examples of what an altar signifies. Um, I want to also touch on Matthew 5.23. This one is very important. 5.23, it says, so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, leave the offering and reconcile with your brother or your sister. Amen? Why do we go to the altar? We go to the altar to offer ourselves to God. Total commitment to follow Jesus and a public confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 1. 
This is what our brother Paul says, Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And I think, yes, the other version said, your reasonable, off, your reasonable service. All right, and moving right along, question is asked, what happens when you go to the altar? What happens when you go to the altar? It's a change of a lifestyle through the power of the Holy Spirit. We forsake the world and the things of the world to follow Jesus. And here are some scriptures that we can run through again. Romans 10.10. 10 as to why we go and the lifestyle that needs to be changed. For with the heart, yes, there we go, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Acts 3.19, this one tells us, Acts 3.19, it says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Luke 15, 7. This one I really, really love. So I tell you, there would be more joy in heaven over one sinner, one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So tonight, as we contemplate on the significance and the importance of the altar, let's, um, let's look at uh, John 3, 16 and 17 as we transition on Jesus himself, the price that he has paid, the penalty for our sins, and the victory that we have as we it, it was God's love that prompted him to give his son. We can find that in John 3.16 on your screen. And in 1 John 4.10, and that love itself has no cause. Neither had it a beginning. Like God himself, it's eternal. The first thing to understand is that it was the love of God that provided the atonement, the sacrifice of his only son at the altar of the cross. This is why Christ, as the head of his body, the church, had to die. Not simply as it's sometimes put, but to satisfy the wrath of God. To satisfy the wrath of God that in him we are forgiven. Sin is eradicated. Let's look at a few comments, notes from Ellen G. White as we continue. This is in Testimonies for the Church, chapter 5, page 335. It says here, Satan makes every effort to lead people away from God, and he is success successful in his purpose when the religious life is drowned in business cares. When he 
can so absorb their minds and businesses that they will not take time to read the Bibles, to pray in secret, to keep the offering of praise and thanksgiving burning on the altar of sacrifice morning and evening. She continues and on to say, the church needs the fresh living experience of members who have habitual communion with God. Dry, stale testimonies and prayers without the manifestation of Christ in them are no help to the people. If everyone who claims to be a child of God were filled with faith and light and life, what a wonderful witness. What a wonderful witness that would be. And then we continue here to discover our Jesus, our all-night prayer warrior. I'm going to touch on some more scriptures. Again, prayer is a recording in, in relation with the great crisis in Galilee. We can find that in Matthew 14, 22, and 23. Jesus walks on the water. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And we know the story goes that Jesus was walking on the water and they thought he was a ghost. So the power that was given him spending time with his father, he was able just to walk on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, the longest recorded prayer of Jesus came before his entrance to the Garden of Gethsemane at night, and it was at night. And at the garden, and just a few hours before the crucifixion, Jesus poured out his most agonizing prayer before his Father. And we can find that in Matthew 26, 36 through 44. We can put that on the screen. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, Make this cup be taken from me, not as I will, but as you will. Can you imagine if Jesus had aborted and gone back to heaven? We wouldn't have this opportunity tonight to be sitting here and, and looking forward to Jesus' soon return. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you not watch with me for an hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Even then again, he went for a second time and prayed, my father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he found them again sleeping because their eyes were heavy. 
So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Prayer is the essence of our lives. R.A. Tory. this is what he notes, that Jesus prayed early in the morning as well as all night, that he prayed both before and after the great events of his life, and that he prayed when life was unusually busy. Sister White, here is some uh, notes from Sister White. Christ came in human form to show the inhabitants of the unfallen worlds and of all and of the fallen world that ample provision has been made to enable human beings to live in loyalty to their creator. He endured the temptations that Satan had permitted to bring against him and resisted all his assaults. He was sorely afflicted and hard beset, but God did not leave him without recognition. When he was baptized at the Jordan, the spirit of God, a dove of burnished gold, descended upon him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased in whom I was well pleased. God did not leave his son. This is my beloved son. It was directly after this announcement that Christ was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Mark says, immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted of Satan and was with the beast. And in those days, he did not eat. Can you imagine our Savior 40 days in the wilderness, not eating, agonizing with his father, if it was at all possible to take the cup. The penalty of sin was death, and he had to succumb to that. When Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted, he was led by the Spirit of God. He did not invite temptation. He went to the wilderness to be alone, to contemplate his mission and work by fasting and praying. He was to brace himself for the blood-stained path he had to travel. How would he begin his work on of freeing the captives held in torment by the destroyer. During his long fast, the whole plan of his work as man's deliverer was laid out before him. We can find that in selected messages. A uh, few more thoughts, and this is from um, Steps to Christ, chapter 11. Through nature and revelation, through his providence and by the influence of his spirit, God speaks to us. But these are not enough. We need also to pour out our hearts to him. In order to have spiritual life and energy, we must have actual intercourse with our heavenly father. Our minds may be drawn out to, toward him. We may meditate upon his works, his mercy, his blessings, but this is 
not in the fullest sense communing with him. In order to commune with God, we must have something to say to him concerning our actual life. Prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. What friend do you have that you don't call or spend some time with? You know, not that it is necessary in order to make known to God what we are, but in order to enable us to receive him. Prayer does not bring God down to us, but brings us up to God. When Jesus is upon the earth, he taught his disciples how to, pray, how to pray. He directed them to present their daily needs before God and to cast all their cares upon him and the assurance he gave them that their petition should be heard is the assurance also he's given us today. Brothers and sisters, family, family, it is important that we spend time with God. It is important that we read the Bible. The Bible has 66 books from Genesis to Revelation. Of that list, 650 prayers are recorded. I can list some of our prayer warriors. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Gideon. Jacob became Israel. Jeremiah, Samson, Samuel, <clears throat> Hannah, Esther, David, King David, Solomon, Elijah, Elisha, Hezekiah. Hezekiah, Jabez, you know, Jabez was so powerful. He says, God bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. That was all his prayer. And God heard and answered. Jehoshaphat, Ezra, Nehemiah, Job, Isaiah, Daniel, Jonah, and Amos. The list goes on. In the New Testament, we have Peter, Paul, Stephen. Stephen, while he was being stoned, was praying and crying out, Father, forgive them because they know not what they're doing. John, the greatest of all, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The greatest of all, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'll encourage you to read your Bible. Find a place that you can erect an altar, a quiet place, whether it's in your closet, whether it's a room that you're not using, a place that you can go and meet your God and spend time with him. It is important. It's very important for us to have an altar so we can pray and seek the face of God. Prayer, I will encourage you to pray midnight prayers. Midnight prayers help in crucifying the flesh because one denies oneself of the pleasure of sleep and comfort. Midnight prayers help to counter and disrupt the plans of your enemies. Midnight prayers give you the boldness to come face to face with your enemies and put them into bondage. Midnight prayer is a spiritual highway where deep spiritual transactions take place. Midnight prayers afford us the opportunity to keep watch enhancing spiritual alertness so as not to be caught unaware. Midnight prayers keep us on guard to prevent negative 
spiritual exchange by the adversary. Midnight prayers facilitate the breaking of chains, deliverance, and the end of afflictions. <clears throat> In conclusion, as I come to the end, I just want to highlight uh, Hannah. Hannah speaks to me because, you know, the priest thought she was intoxicated with alcohol. She was filled with the Spirit. She knew that God, if anyone, God would hear her. And I want to read her prayer. She says, my heart rejoices greatly in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged. There is none holy as the Lord, who is the rock beside our God. Hannah's cry was one of desperation before God, and God remembered his handmaid and looked upon her, granting her petition. And for us as women, not being able to have a child, being barren, it, it is sad. It's a sad thing. And at the end, Anna, I think she had five children, three girls and two boys, but God gave her the prophet Samuel and more more uh, children because of her uh, cry to the Lord. Tonight, as, as I conclude, I want to thank God for the oppor opportunity that he's given me to stand before you and just to remind you that coming back to God, back to the altar, Spending time in prayer is what will give you the breakthrough that is needed to be able to face the perilous times that are coming. Jesus is coming pretty, pretty soon. He's coming sooner than when we first believe. It is important that we spend time developing our relationship with God, the Bible, and the acronym of the Bible is the basic instruction before leaving earth. We need those instructions. We need to know the word of God. We cannot fight our battles without the word of God. It's important. You can't pray unless you know what's in the word of God. Every prayer that we look at in the Bible, it's God, you said this to Abraham. God, you said this to Moses. God, you said this to to Noah and so I'm coming because I know you answer Abraham and Noah and Moses's prayer you will answer my prayer so tonight if you're listening I simply want to say God loves you he's died to save you he's resurrected seated in heavenly courts interceding for you and I and he is coming again we don't know what hour it will be, but he's coming again. And so I make an appeal to you tonight to come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Take the next step. Text the, the uh, word ALTA to 954-388-8780. That's 954-388-8780. Make a decision. We're here to encourage you the Bible tells you that iron sharpened iron, so does one man the other. We can't do life. We cannot do life without each other. You know, um, a lot of you know that my 26-year-old granddaughter, 
is a ex-Marine. And you know, she shared with me, she says, Grandma, uh, when, it, when it was very close to the end of boot camp, we were on our last leg, and there was this young lady that fell you know, on the stretch. And she says, I can't do this anymore. You're talking about uh, a few days before graduation. I can't do this, I can't do this anymore. And my granddaughter, she stooped down and she said, you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. And she picked her up and put her on her shoulder and she brought her home that they both was able to graduate together. So we're here at Plantation. We're here to help you on your pathway to seal the deal with Jesus because he's all that we have and he's all that we will ever need. May God bless you tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We're thanking you tonight, Lord, <clears throat> that we're able to stand in your presence, to lift up your name and to acknowledge that there's no other way that we can gain salvation than through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we come to the altar of sacrifice and we thank you, Lord, that he has already paid the price. He has already sealed the deal. You know, the woman said, I, Pastor, I read Revelation and we want. So Lord, the, the, the race, it's, it's a fixed race. We're, we're, we're going home. But we have to accept. We have to turn from the ways of the world and the things of the world and accept you as Savior and Lord. And so, Father, for that man, that woman, that boy, and that girl tonight, I pray that you will seal the deal with each and every one and that salvation will come to each and every one of their lives as we continue to, to journey with you and wait for you expectantly for your return. This is my prayer with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. God for that message, Elder Angela. Thank you so much for reminding us the importance of coming back to the altar, reminding us about the importance of the altar and that the all-night prayer warrior was praying for us way back then that we would realize what he was doing for us, that we would accept him, that we would be free to come back to him and back to the altar. So we thank you for that message this evening. And we pray that as you're watching online, that you are gonna come back to the altar if you have moved away from the altar. As we listen to Elder Angela present tonight, we are reminded that through prayer, we have power. It is through prayer that our chains are broken. These are not empty words that we just repeat. These are experiences that we live. Believe them. As we start 
this new year, 2023. And as you're listening online or as you're here in our congregation, we say start the year by coming to the altar and making it right with God. Amen. We do not know Amen. when God will come, but we know that he will come. We don't know when, but we know that he will come. But life is very uncertain. Yes, it is. Indeed. We just saw in our very congregation that a beloved brother um, passed on unexpectedly. So we pray for those who are here and we send our heartfelt condolences to that family. And we say to those who are hearing now, make it right now. Amen. Do not Amen. delay. Amen. Yes, indeed. As we call you to the altar, if you're here and you wish to come, um, our dear sister is going to have our intercessory prayer. But we do, we ask you in your personal prayer time, as you go to your secret place, um, as you remember your church family and your friends and, and your, your other prayer um, concerns that you have, please remember the, the Combs family. Um, they lost uh, Euthan Combs Sr. on Sunday. And we want to keep that family lifted up as they deal with this uh, terrible tragedy and uh, going through this moment of grief. We call you now in your loneliness, in your brokenness, anything that you want to bring to God. You're invited at this moment to come to the altar and let us pray to God for deliverance. If you feel so moved, you can come forward and we can gather together and pray here. Let us bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, God of all creation, you who set the earth in its orbit, you, we look up in the skies and we see all the stars and we know that man tries to understand to understand all of these things, but they can't. That's in your power. We look to you and we say, Father God, you came to earth and you know our human condition. Please have mercy on us as we pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, you know the unspoken needs. You know the pain that we all feel. We live in very, very uncertain times. We see prices going high. We see job loss. Companies declaring that they're laying off large amounts of the numbers of their employees. Heavenly Father, hear our prayer and seal us for your second coming. Seal us for your kingdom. Save our homes, save our families, and everything pertaining to us. For those of us who are in the congregation here, we pray for each person and their children and their marriages and their homes and their finances and every and their spiritual life more than anything else your spiritual connection as we come to the altar and say father we need you please hear our prayer cleanse us from anything from all unrighteousness fill us with your holy spirit and 
bring about that transformation in our character, in our thoughts, in our lives. As Sister Angela in her sermon said, as we come to the altar, that is where lives are changed for Christ. Hear our prayer, O Lord, and for those who are listening, wherever you are, we pray that you will bow your head at this moment and turn your heart to God and say, Father God, I need you. Come into my life and save me, I pray. Lord, what we have failed or forgotten to ask in our prayer, we pray that you'll come into our hearts and make things right. And just as um, in the in the Old Testament, they say the blood of the Lamb was marked over the doorpost, so no evil, no death could come into that home. We pray similarly that the blood of the Lamb will be marked over our hearts, over our minds, over children, over our families, our marriages, so that we all will be saved when you come again. This is our prayer we ask in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen and amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.